Hello and welcome to the Recursive Podcast again. I'm very excited about our next guest, who is wearing many hats. Christo Christoph is a serial entrepreneur and uh, has been so far heavily involved in the establishment of digital media in Bulgaria. He's an angel investor and partner at the VC fund Eleven Ventures. He is also a mentor for startups in the entrepreneurial network Endeavor. He's a member at Besco. He's also a member um, Founder Institute. Founders Institute, Power of BG. Power of BG. <laughs> the unknown organization. The unknown organization, but very exclusive one. And currently he's the CEO of the private equity company HR Capital and also the CEO of Daric Radio. Christo Christoph, welcome to the Recursive Podcast. Thank I'm you. very happy that you're here. Before we move to um, the variety of occupational activities that uh, you have in your life, uh, I wanted to go back a bit in time when you were young and you started your career actually as a journalist. I also saw that you had a brief time at the BBC. Yeah. How true. was it for you and how has this shaped your professional path? Well, I started my career as a tennis coach. This is my first job. I was a tennis coach at uh, Albena, a sea resort. And uh, uh, I, I was 16 back then. So before actually being a journalist, I, I, I was teaching Germans how to play tennis. Uh, after that, I was a sales consultant at uh, Monsieur Bricolage selling uh, paints. Uh, after that, I did the same job in, uh, in Monsieur Bricolage, France. Uh, and only after that, uh, I came to journalism. So <laughs> I had, a, <laughs> I had, I had uh, a bit of learning to do before I, I, I went to journalism. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I started, uh, uh, fun fact, uh, my first interview ever was with uh, financial minister Milan Velchev. And uh, we were using cassette recorders back then at the time. And uh, I, I had forgot to put in the tape. So I'm doing the interview and uh, I see that there is no tape inside, but he's so passionate and telling different stories. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. And he's like, <laughs> so it was, uh, uh, one of my uh, many bloopers as, uh, as a journalist. It wasn't uh, a radio interview, I hope. No, it was at an event. Okay. And uh, there was some statistic being shared. And uh, so I, I go to take the interview. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so I was first working for the, for, the, for the financial program. So I was mm. a journalist for the financial program. And that's how I started to... Uh, get a little bit uh, more interested into financial markets, stock market. Uh, hmm. Do you have a financial background? No, no. Uh, also, uh, fun fact: uh, um, after my involvement in the in the in the journalism, uh, you know, way of uh, producing content and uh, especially on the financial subject. Uh, I, I did a brief, uh, like two or three months, uh, work at, uh, Raiffeisen Asset Management, which is right next door. They never got me. 
to a job there. I also applied there, by the way, yeah, to the yeah. RBE. Yeah. I'm still sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, be, because I wanted to understand more to, in order to be better prepared to ask the questions, because when I started, like all these financial talks, I couldn't understand anything. Uh, I was like, I don't know, 19 or whatever. And uh, uh, so I wanted a little bit of more of a financial background. And uh, uh, I went in there for a summer, uh, summer job. And uh, it was really, really helpful. And, uh, and after, after uh, you know, several years after that, uh, I, I, I created some, uh, some uh, financial and business sites in order to democratize the, 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 the knowledge and the content. Because mm -hmm. those closed circles, they know so much about the financial market, while at the same time, the general population uh, doesn't have access, didn't have access to that, uh, to that knowledge. So it was content meant for the bright audience. Yes, 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 Whoa. yes, okay. yes, yes. Because it's, it's like, uh, it was like, it was really at the naissance of the, of the stock market in Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. So it was very important that uh, there is more information out there. But so, I can't, you know, imagine that it's been a huge audience back then. I can imagine. It, uh, it's probably has been challenging. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, yes. In the beginning, uh, in the beginning, it's true. Uh, it was uh, digital. We mm. had to we had to explain that this will be the medium of the future, <laughs> and no one believed us. So uh they were like saying ah yeah internet whatever uh so it was it was it was a little uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, blockchain today you know it's like uh this is uh, this is a big thing it's coming next and people are like yeah mm. it's interesting but we're not sure whether it will survive the test of time and so on and so on now no one is questioning uh and this was this was uh uh, when I started uh, the digital media business, this was one year after Facebook was was started. So it was 2005. It's uh, uh, two years before YouTube is started. So it's like uh, these things that we now uh, are every day of our life mm -hmm. uh, didn't exist or were just at their naissance. So it was uh, very, very early days. And uh, yeah, and uh, like all these... Uh, traveling, uh, you know, in the different uh, aspects of journalism landed me uh, again a summer job in, uh, in BBC. It was, uh, it was amazing because uh, we get to do a lot of partying. We, we were getting paid. Uh, actually, for the first two weeks, they paid my uh, lodging and uh, it was amazing. And uh, we learned a lot about uh, content and media because they are like this ultra professional mm -hmm. media organization that uh, has survived the uh, numerous decades and is uh, was was one step ahead in the in the digital in the digital era. So I had a great uh, teacher then. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also publicly, uh, how do you call it actually, public broadcast or publicly funded? Yes. Yeah. So yes. it definitely makes a difference of how, you know, you scale and how do you uh, expand. And yes, but compared to other publicly funded uh, media companies like uh, our publicly funded media companies, Benet or Benner, it's like a, yeah. uh, more of a, a 
you know, very wide gap between them. BBC is actually a paragon for how to uh, operate a, a yeah, publicly funded totally. broadcaster. It's, uh, when I was in the, in the BBC, uh, I did also uh, some very nice bloopers there. We were, we were doing a, 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 you know, a news broadcast and it was about some Russian dachi, which is like Russian villas. And it was so funny. And there was no reason to be funny, but we were four of us in the, in the newsroom and one started a little bit laughing and then everybody was off laughing like crazy and we couldn't stop and we couldn't interrupt the broadcast. And it's like one of the biggest uh, bloopers in, uh, in, the, in the BBC <laughs> history. Uh, actually, actually, after uh, not after that, but uh, like one year post, they closed the Bulgarian service in the in the BBC mm. uh, because they 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 stopped considering Bulgaria as a developing country. So they so they <laughs> so they, sh so they shut it down. I always like to joke that it's because of because of me. But what year was that? Two thousand five. Uh, five, five. Two thousand five. Yes. Uh, so from two thousand five, we are not a developing country anymore. Yes. I just wanted to memorize yes, it. Yes. Like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And uh, and it was during the bombings in in London. Okay. So 2005 were the bombings in the tube and the buses. Oh, I remember. My mm -hmm. brother was actually there mm -hmm. back then already. And oh, uh, yeah. and and uh, and it was uh, you know uh, amazing to see how uh, in the emergency situation uh, the media was like it was like a war machine. It was mm. like everything was. Uh, ticking perfectly, uh, amazing, amazing. It was mm -hmm. uh, such a, such a nice job, and uh, and I was so inspired that like two months after that I, I started the first site. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, and it was back then it was just copy paste. Like we don't know how to how to do this. Just look at it. <laughs> <laughs> copy it, please. Okay, so yeah. you were basically curating the content Absolutely. and translating totally it. Totally that. To say it in a fancy way. Yeah, yeah. But why didn't you then um, continue as a journalist? It's a, it's a good question. Mm. I, I guess the entrepreneurial journey grabbed me. So it was, uh, I was excited about uh, mm, journalism and content and uh, bringing information to a lot of people. But uh, once I started the, the websites, uh, there were much more, um, you know, pressures and challenges to solve uh, than the journalistic part only. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to solve funding, financial, sales, uh, uh, growth, management, all of these. And uh, uh, once I touched it. Uh, then it was no going back to, to journalism. I can totally relate to <laughs> it that. It was an entrepreneurial <laughs> journey. Like, I didn't know back then that it was business. <clears throat> mm. I didn't know that it was business, but I've always wanted to be on the um, entrepreneurial side. Mm. I've been trying to do like some venture since I was like, uh, uh, like, like 12 or 13 or 14. It's crazy. I was, and, I was in the... And I they was, were all in media? No, no, no. No, no, no it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I, was uh, <clears throat> I was in the UK and I went to this great ro roller disco. So it's like disco with rollers. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And this is 96 or something like that. 
and and I say I have to do it in Bulgaria. And I come back, I start making plans. I I figure out the location. I start calculating how much it will cost. Uh, and I'm like 12 or 13 back then, and it's a big joke. Uh, but I've had like many uh, attempts uh, like that um, mm-hmm. to do a cafe or a bar or whatever. So it's like what, whatever I uh, uh, I saw interesting. I wanted to I wanted to do it better. Mm. Yeah. Very uh, daring yeah. of you. Actually, so uh, for such so, a con- so content and journalism and media was actually where I saw a, a, a big market uh, which was totally underserved mm-hmm. uh, because it was there was there was a drastic need uh, for information mm-hmm. uh, it's like it's like a little bit like blockchain again today it's like you have the infrastructure you have let's say the web or whatever the protocols but there is nothing there yet mm-hmm. so it's like the first who built something on top of it 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 it's it, it's like a flying start it's it's very difficult to imagine if you started doing business on on the internet in like 2016 or 20 mm-hmm. it's like totally different uh, environment yeah i was just about you know to ask you to make the comparison because one would argue today that we're totally overloaded with content yeah. and information and yes. In fact, we do need better mechanisms for selection and curation mm-hmm. of content. Totally. Yeah. So right now we are in abundance mm-hmm. and uh, back then it was scarcity. So there was nothing. And whatever, whatever you put uh, on the web, it's like immediately consumed. Okay. Immediately consumed. Amazing. On the revenue side, so you, you could get very easily to audience. Now we're coming to the topic. Yeah. <laughs> you could get very easily to the audience, but you couldn't get very easily to the monetization mm-hmm. because it was a new medium and no one no one from the business was believing in it and uh, yeah, we, we were selling people were considering it like as a joke i remember yeah, yeah. i mean if you're not in the print if you're not with yeah. this huge ad then this is not advertising yeah. yeah we were selling banners by the day yeah so buy this by banner for today <laughs> and also when you mentioned print uh the only journalists you could get uh, at the time were coming from print. Mm. So they were asking the question, like, uh, who is going to be the, the editor that is going to edit my material before I post it? <laughs> and, uh, and it was, and, and like, uh, how many articles do we have to write this week? And we were like, today you have to write 20. <laughs> and they're like, this is not possible <laughs> because <laughs> in print they write like one or two or five per week. Uh, and they get uh, verified and checked and uh, so on and so forth. So it was like very big shock. And we had a lot of training to do, um, mm. a lot of work to do with these people. It's a totally different pace. Yeah. Totally, totally different. Well, at least you don't have, you know, the the whole stress with the printing. I remember because I was working also for a yeah. print magazine. And the day before the print, that yeah, was the worst nightmare. day yeah. in the month. Because yeah. it was a monthly edition in this case. Yeah. Because then everything is like, uh, yeah, is going wrong. And <laughs> you need to all the designs and the, the advertisers, <laughs> they were all late. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact, so it's like totally different to start a business in, in, in digital uh, in, let's say, the 2000s. Hmm. Uh, super different to start it in 2010 and nothing in common in 2020. 
so it's like the fact that you're successful in the 2000s doesn't mean that you'll be successful today. Oh, definitely not. Uh, yes. Actually, today, some of the uh, news outlets globally uh, were not meant to be... Um, they didn't start it on purpose. They did. They just started because there was nothing out there. Mm -hmm. So some some of the media outlets are actually uh, publishers by accident. Mm -hmm. So they were super interested in, in in some topic, for example, and and they went uh, they went uh, digital. Because there was, they couldn't, uh, you know. Oh, that was all the blogger community. Yes. Also, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. and and uh, but but a lot of them are still stuck in the in the two thousands. So mm -hmm. they didn't evolve as publishers. So they remained, and this is a global global thing. Mm -hmm. But because of the fact that you are, uh, you did it like twenty years ago, you have the uh, you have the SEO, you have the positioning, you have the brand. Uh, they were somehow lifted by the by the by the you know the growing market, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so. But there is there is a lot of those sitting around, not knowing actually you know how to grow, what to do, uh, how to evolve, and they're like uh, just uh, just being, just existing. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> so I see that you are. Of course, contemplating a lot, you know, where media is going to go. So I was a bit curious now in your mm, new role as the CEO of Direct Radio, I'm sure that you have a lot of new ideas that you would like to implement. And I guess that the time is just not fast enough, yeah. you know, for you to for, for you to do that. Um, can you give us like a glimpse of what is the future of radio and what is the future also of oh. Direct Radio in, oh, very nice. in our region? Yeah, well, well, radio is like uh, it, it, we're no longer speaking about radio or television. We're mm. speaking about audio and video and mm. text. So these are the three uh, the three forms of of media. So when we're speaking about uh, radio, we're actually speaking about broadcasting audio, mm -hmm. uh, and this is the way we like to think about it. We like to think about uh, the audio business, the video business, and the text business. And in the audio business, you have uh, you have the broadcasting side, which is the radio, and you have the digital side, which is the the digital audio, the podcasts, uh, you know, traveling, uh, di you know, digital audio traveling, regardless of uh, whether you're listening to the radio or not. So okay. it's like uh, it can be in an article, it can be in a podcast, it can be in uh, in social, it can be in uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so. Uh, actually, what we're trying to do is uh, um, adapt the audio to all the different uh, to all the different uh, channels, mm -hmm. and then uh, and then uh, uh, same goes for same goes for for video. So the the lines between audio and video are now blurring. Uh, you know, ten years back. Uh, one TV camera costs uh, $100,000. Uh, now it costs $2,000. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, coupled together with AI, so it actually uh, moves and tracks the movement of the people. And this goes the same for the microphones. <laughs> so actually, what we see is we see uh, as the technology uh, gets cheaper uh, and 
as the market grows, so when there are more eyeballs uh, looking for, for the content you create, and when there is scarcity for good content and quality content, then what happens is uh, what happened in the digital age like uh, 20 years back, which is uh, a, lot of, a lot of players come to the audio and video game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and uh, once this happens, uh, basically, basically you can jump very easily from uh, text to audio to video. And uh, this is where, where, where we want to be positioned. So direct uh, uh, radio will be one of the, one of the mediums for, for direct. Mm -hmm. But you mm -hmm. also have uh, digital audio, you also have uh, uh, digital uh, TV, you also have linear TV, mm -hmm. uh, you also have the, 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 the text uh, base, so you have uh, everything. And basically... Mm, this is it, it's like a convergence of uh, of, of formats. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like convergence of formats, yes. and um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting. And what is it to run it as a as an, ind an independent media company? Well, it's uh, uh, I, I don't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see a different. <laughs> no? I don't see a difference. No. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, if you compare it to working for a multinational, mm -hmm. um, if you're running it uh, as a standalone company, uh, mm -hmm. family-owned, then you uh, basically the difference is the the length for which you 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 envision it in your head. Mm -hmm. So a multinational, uh, you know, a fund they they come on any given market, they stay for like five or six years. And then they exit the market and uh, whoever is in charge has to do like uh, 20, 30 quarters of good performance, which is mainly uh, Excel, uh, Excel managers that are looking for the bottom line. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, then, and then they're out. Yeah. So then, then they move to another. It's like a, uh, uh, it's like a little bit uh, how in the matrix uh, they refer to as uh, you know as a virus. <laughs> you come to an environment, you basically uh, take whatever you can take out of it, and then you go. And this is like normal because uh, as a fund they have to buy, they have to sell higher. So it's but it's no long term commitment when you're when you're uh, involved in the ecosystem and and working as a. Mm, as a community pillar and uh, uh, when you know that whatever you create, uh, re you know, it has a reflection on the ecosystem, then you start looking at a little bit different uh, KPIs and, uh, mm, and so you're not so focused and fixed on the on the excel and on the bottom line mm. and you're not so focused and fixed on the month or the quarter or whatever so you you look a little bit uh, you look a, a little bit longer as a perspective yes it's very similar to also the recursive in a way yeah uh, we need to look also at the community and you know how is this community evolving and growing and reflect on our responsibility towards this community and in your case uh, it's uh, even a, a bigger community. It's like uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole population in a way, I guess. Everyone is listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it, it goes two ways. So mm. uh, 
when you're managing a startup, you're you can be a little bit more, uh, you know, hazardous and reckless and aggressive. And uh, uh, but Derek turned nine, uh, 29 years mm. uh, in January, mm. so it's like <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so so you feel wow. a little bit uh, uh, more obliged to, you know, to. To be a bit, a bit more uh, cautious in in what you do, mm. yeah, it's like uh, you feel a little bit more connected to the yes. mm, to to society mm. than to just let's say start something or, or or kill it tomorrow or if it doesn't work, uh, close the company or something like that. It's mm. it's different. Before we move to the startup topic, because it's also a huge part of your life, actually. I wanted to touch on, if if you allow me, on a maybe still sensitive topic um, about your father because you were talking about nine, 29 years, yeah. Derek. So it is one of his legacies. And um, unfortunately, last year, mm -hmm. um, he passed away very untimely, very, very sudden. I happened to meet him. And mm -hmm. I must say that uh, for, you know, this brief period of time when I, I had his mentorship, it was uh, very decisive moment for me as well mm -hmm. and uh, he was very impressive so I was wondering how has it been for you to have him so many years also mm -hmm. um, on the site and also working with him professionally understanding how he you know re reflects on on media um, it's a very big uh, hole right now and mm -hmm. gap mm, because it's uh, uh we had uh, mm, an amazing relationship in terms of um we had exactly 24 years of uh, of difference uh, uh in terms of age and uh, so we could come together and discuss like what's it for your generation and how does this look from from my generation mm. And uh, I was always, always. It was, it was very, it was a very safe place for me to be, mm. because basically I knew I could do anything. Uh, but I have always the, uh, you know, the the rationale of of the previous generation to say like, look, this is uh, this is something stupid. Don't do it. Uh, uh, go this direction or or, or like uh, think twice. Mm. and uh and uh, so so i i felt like nothing is is, is impossible mm. now i feel like a lot of things are impossible <laughs> so i feel like some part of me is uh is, is missing uh and uh, it's uh because in the beginning, how you start? You start by challenging whatever the previous generation has done. So you say, "This is this is bad. This doesn't work. This is not good enough." And you 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 build uh, you build the new you build the new product, the new business, the new venture, whatever. And uh, and it took me quite some time to to understand that the fundamentals. Uh, the, fun the fundamentals for 
for building a company, for uh, entrepreneurship, for uh, you know being uh, being uh, you know helping out your fellow you know community or uh, helping others or or being an active part in society are actually the same. Mm. So so the fundamentals don't change. Uh, and uh, and it's very often that when you're trying to do something new, you actually uh, cut off some of these fundamentals. So you 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 start thinking uh, uh, because the old, let's say, whatever uh, radio or medium or or something that has been done in such a way doesn't work, then everything doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I learned over time is is to differentiate between <clears throat> models that are obsolete and that are no longer uh, valid or let's say terms of doing business or like, like some nuances, but to differentiate uh, those type of things uh, from the fundamentals mm-hmm. that that actually uh, is the way you've been doing business uh, 100 years ago and it's it will be the way you'll be doing business uh, 100 years later. So it... Mm-hmm. It's uh, um, the value creation, you know, when you when you create value for mm-hmm. someone, it will never it will never be changed. There will no there, there will be no business which doesn't create value mm-hmm. for its uh, for its customers, audience, or or whatever. So this thing doesn't change. Oh, that's amazing. It's actually yeah. giving you such a such a unique perspective on the things because. You know, in the startup world, we speak a lot about disruption and, you know, like totally erasing uh, the old, which is not true. You just need to understand where is the value creation still happening. Absolutely. For. Okay. Totally. It was very, very eye-opening for me to 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 see this. Uh, mm-hmm. Because exactly like you say, mm-hmm. you, you, you just draw the line and you say, the world starts from today. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but it, it never does. It never yeah. does. So and learning to to balance uh, between the, the the previous generation and the next generation is uh, is something uh, we had we had in common. Mm. And it was a it was a great. He was very open for my crazy ideas. Mm. Yeah. So it's uh, so it's it was it was very light. You f- you f- you felt very light. Actually, some some very stupid things. Uh, that I have done, or hopefully, you know, I, I've been thinking of doing, but uh, didn't do. Uh, now, uh, when I'm reflecting with uh, with my family, mm-hmm. uh, and I see uh, his uh, reaction to my ideas uh, coming from the family, mm-hmm. not not the way he presented to me. Yeah. So I tell him, mm, I have uh, this and this idea. This is what I'm gonna do. And he's like, okay, if you want to do it, do it. And then he goes to my mother and, and he said, he says, it's the end. Christo is doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I never got that. So uh, he was wow. always empowering uh, in terms of, uh, and he was always letting me do my own mistakes, which I did a lot. Mm. Uh, even even when they seem critical and, and really critical. Uh, it's not like, thank you. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. I, I've, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very good. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's very good uh, to have that kind of uh, support. Very touching. Yeah, yeah. But I guess this also creates a very good basis for you for the succession management that you're going through yes. now. At yes, the, at I think it's also I think it's also uh, 
once you see that, so once you can be successful without, uh, let's say, undermining uh, or denying the success of the previous generation, mm. now what, what I have is uh, I, I'm much more respectful for the next generation. And I'm much more willing to help them because I understand how it helped me. Mm-hmm. If you're in the way, uh, if you're, let's say, if if you're not so fortunate and you had to really uh, <clears throat> draw the line between you and the previous generation, whether it's your family or it's your uh, former boss or it's your previous uh, partner or whatever, what I tend to see is those type of entrepreneurs, they tend to be much less uh, passing the baton to the next generation uh, after that. Mm-hmm. So they're much more, they, they encapsulate themselves, they become solo players and they are much less uh, willing to give back uh, than someone who has, uh, who, who, who has had a good relationship with the previous generation. True. Very, very uh, important. Mm-hmm. So that's our role now to, to, to help uh, the ones that are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so that they they don't feel like this uh, this barrier between the generations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I'm sure that if they receive the help and if they see that it's fine to to receive help from the previous generation, they are going to be passing it as well. So mm-hmm. it's uh, which uh, also made me wonder. You just recently you had this IPO of HR mm-hmm. Capital, and I can imagine that uh, a lot of People also from the older generation, they were convinced that uh, um, we should invest in, in the next ones. Um, how, do, how, do you, how, do you, how did you convince them, actually? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I was, <laughs> because I was at the press conference or, you know, the, the, yeah. the information event that you had with Carol and I was, uh, you know, listening to the questions. And for me, it was like I'm in a totally different world. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Well, it's. A, it, I don't think it has much to do with uh, with uh, the business itself or or or, or what HR is doing. Uh, I think it has more to do with the fact that uh, if you're, let's say, from previous generation, if you're in your fifties or forties in Bulgaria, uh, and you have like I don't know, ten thousand, twenty thousand euros in in a saving accounts. <coughs> mm-hmm. What can you invest in? How many options do you have for investment? Real estate, of course. <laughs> can you can you invest in a, can you invest in a, in in launch hub or eleven? No, Probably because not, the minimum no. ticket is like two hundred twenty. I didn't know 50, that. But 50, I was about to ask you. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> can you invest in uh, U.S. stocks or like uh, like blue chips or whatever? You can, but. How well do you understand uh, Apple, you know, projections and uh, product lines and whatever? You don't. So, uh, can you can you can you invest in in your business or in some others' business? You know, people's business. Maybe not because mm. uh, maybe you're not uh, on that path. Uh, do we have a, a, a well-functioning uh, stock market that you have like thousands of companies that you can buy like? Uh, 2,000, 3,000 shares, we don't have. So it's our stock market uh, didn't um, mm-hmm. didn't continue growing uh, post 2008, 2010, the crisis. So actually, it we, we, we were left without a functioning stock market, which is the 
the majority of uh, people around the globe uh, invest their money. So yes. they invest their money in the, in, the, in the stock market. So you're only left with real estate. So you can buy a garage or you can, uh, you know, give the, it mm. can be the first payment for your mortgage or something mm. like that. Mm. So it's not a lot of options, which mm. is why we're left with like three or 4,000 active investors on the Bulgaria Stock Exchange. Can you imagine? Three, 4,000 people are the active investors. So we have more readers that are recursive. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, so it's like, well, okay. This market can grow like uh, 1,000, 10,000 times. Especially now with the new beam. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's procedure. like, so I hope that we'll, they will be attracting also, you know, the. It is attracting in, yeah. in mm -hmm. each, uh, in each IPO on beam. What we see is we see new uh, newcomers to the market. So mm. in each, starting from build it uh, in January 21, which mm. opened the door, each IPO has like 200 or 300 new people coming, which for the first time op open a broker account. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, uh, it's like uh, a start of a trend, which uh, which of course will grow. Mm. Another thing which will facilitate is, uh, you know, right now it's easier to buy crypto than than to than to than to invest on the Bulgarian stock exchange. Well, you don't want to do it right now. But yeah. <laughs> ah, no, no, it's a good time. It's a good time, <laughs> a good time. <laughs> for buying so, it. <laughs> so, so, so you, uh, so, so you need to go physically, get mm -hmm. in line, uh, sign some papers. You yeah. can do it in digital yes. as well. <laughs> and I had some people calling from the UK and the US, like, how can I buy stocks from uh, HR Capital? And I'm like, I don't even know. It's like, I know it's a nightmare. Uh, so it's okay. like, uh, it, it also, um, obviously the technology and the process will, will be eased. Mm -hmm. And this will also attract uh, a lot new, uh, a lot new investors to the market. Oh, I, so it's a good thing because you yeah. cannot have a functioning economy without a capital market. Yes. You know, it's, uh, uh, I don't even speak about the startup ecosystem. I mean, the whole economy, mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the most efficient ways to, to fundraise. True. And true. also it's, uh, one of the reasons we did it, you know, uh, it's, uh, the whole VC ecosystem consists probably of, uh, let's say not more than a hundred people in Bulgaria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being the investors in the VCs. Mm -hmm. uh, Even the, you know, the LPs of the VCs. Yeah, yeah, I mean the LPs. So, okay. So yeah. we're raising all in all from hundred people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you have EIF is, let's say probably accounts for, uh, I don't know, 60% of the money, mm -hmm. fund of funds accounts for, for 30, and then 10% is from uh, individuals. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so, so all in all, it's 100 people. In, in 11, we have 60 LPs, which is like a huge number. Mm -hmm. It's maybe almost everyone that invests. Uh, so double that number, it's 120 people. Mm -hmm. So, which means that the success that the most innovative companies uh, are going to get mm -hmm. is going to be shared among only a hundred people. Okay. So if only if you're one of these hundred people, you can be a part of the success of, 
of uh, of Payhawk or of GTM Hub or of whatever. It's that door is closed for uh, for everyone unless you're so lucky. And how many investors do you have now at uh, HR Capital? Six hundred were at the IPO. So you basically opened the door for six hundred yeah. more people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and not only well. us, uh, Impulse. They are also investing in uh, in in uh, in companies in the from the technology mm. innovative space. So it's like. Uh, yeah. Like if you put together their investors and our investors, maybe it's 10x the size of the VCLPs. Well, hopefully this 600 will now come to the taste of you know doing even more in Absolutely. the startup ecosystem. And totally, uh, because yeah. these 600, if we're going doing our job uh, well, mm -hmm. and they have uh, 10, 20, 30, 50% of uh, of increase in their investment, mm -hmm. they're going to tell the story to another 600. Exactly. And it's uh, and and this way, when you read about Payhawk becoming a unicorn tomorrow mm. in the recursive, mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to react like you have no vested interest. You're like, what is this? Ah, it's these guys. I don't know them. I don't. I cannot. I, I cannot, I cannot relate at all. <laughs> I can't While even understand it. When Apple posts its its earnings mm -hmm. and uh, the stocks, uh, you know, go soaring, like. You have maybe I don't know 10% of Americans that are that are mm. that are cheering and are happy and they're living the American dream and they're saying ah this can only happen in America blah blah. Yes. So so you have a much more vested community and uh, this 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 uh, this 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 brings forth uh, many many positive things. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it puts more spotlight on the innovative ecosystem. Yes. Uh, because uh, tomorrow, when when we come to policy making and to to mm. government uh, making decisions, it will not be so easy to let's say be a proponent of uh, of inno of innovation of uh, of startups because no one has actually seen it. It's mm -hmm. like <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so uh, so so I think it's this will be the I think the the main criteria will be. Uh, How many people are invested in a unicorn? Be it the be it a direct investment, be it an investment through fund, or be it an investment through fund of funds. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and if if the answer is 10 or like hundred, yes, uh, it's mm -hmm. it's not a very very good answer. If it's a ten thousand, then it's great. Okay, so you found a very interesting way to expand this bubble that we often, you know, speak yeah. about in yeah. the startup community, which I find very fascinating. Let them read the recursive, by the way. <laughs> It might be interesting for them. Totally. In any case, um, they were probably also convinced by uh, your track record already as an angel investor and also as a partner at Eleven. And uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> by the way, mm -hmm. uh, this 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 is also very important. Uh, It, there is a direct, uh, um, you know, uh, correspondence between the recursive audience and the people that are, uh, uh, you know, relating to the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Because I see it now happening with uh, with HR. So the investors in 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 HR capital they start, uh, you know, following. And being aware mm -hmm. of uh, what is going on uh, with the portfolio companies, before you know, you know, now I see them 
you know, picking for all of the information that they can find. Cool. So once you are, you have a vested interest, mm -hmm. then you start searching for more information okay. because, because this information can basically affect your, your income, your, your net worth and, and, and whatever. So it generates uh, demand for, for such content, which didn't exist before. Huh. You know, what, 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 very, what, what do you care? What yes. do you care that Ibak has uh, posted record sales? You don't care. You don't, you, you want your uh, vegetable and your, uh, you, your fruits to be, uh, you know, served well, to be on time, to be good quality. Y and knowing the, you know, the local mentality, I can also imagine that a lot of people will even envy them <laughs> just for. Absolutely. Totally. Exactly. So they will be like, Ah, they post record, but I so much hate the tomato that they brought me last time. <laughs> exactly. Now it's the opposite. Now they post uh, earnings uh -huh. and, and you see a lot of people, oh, if this is this, then then. So it's, uh, so it's. Uh, I, then I like this principle, yeah. very much like this, but we need to find even more ways to do that. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and also we have to give super big credit to Alterco. Yes. Which have done an amazing job. Yes. To Telelink, which have done an amazing job. To all the companies that are uh, uh, to, to Eleven Capital mm. on the stock market doing amazing Dronomics. job. Dronomics. Dronomics, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, even going further, like yes. like going back uh, some time. Uh, you developed the taste in, in, in investing in, in startups even before that, but you're not just an investor. This for you is just, it's not just a business. I mean, you're uh, actively involved also as a mentor. You're actively involved in the board of Endeavor, which also has a very interesting mission, which is a lot, of, you know, related to business with impact. Um, and uh, here, yeah. yeah, it's not just meant sustainability. It's actually in a much broader sense. Um, this give back mentality that you developed over time, where did this come from? Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do you want to support the ecosystem so much? I'm going to ask it very bluntly. Why do I, you believe I, in that? I'm not sure where it came from. Because you're not an engineer, you're not, you know, you develop the taste for uh, this, you know, tech world um, I've, I've from a different perspective. I've yeah. always been a very inclusive um, player. Mm. So I, I've, I've always liked, uh, <laughs> it's a very good question. Mm, I, when you achieve success at a very early age, uh, because w w I launched the site, I was 21. Then I launched, then, then we, we started launching sites every year mm -hmm. and they were, you know, literally overnight success. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe by, by the time I was 25, I had already, uh, like launched, I don't know, four or five sites. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so the digital business was doing well, but, uh, but. I had already started like some other two or three businesses, which one of, you know, some of them I exited. So they were also some were a failure, but so when you, when you have success early on, and I, I guess when you have, uh, mm, mm, the family background that I have, which mm -hmm. is not, uh, you know, not having to worry about, uh, what you're going to eat mm -hmm. or what you're going to drink or, 
uh, I've been traveling the globe since I was, I've, I've actually lived for five years in Libya when I was three to eight years old, when this was back in communist times here in, uh, in Bulgaria. So wow. I, I've, I, I've lived my whole life, uh, mm, like with very easy access to, to the world, to, 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 you know, seeing how people live, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. uh, outside of, of, of the country. Uh, so, so I, I never experienced, let's say this, uh, this scarcity that maybe the previous generation had, yes. like where you, where you don't have bananas or where you have to, uh, get in line for a car and wait for five years. This I've never seen. Mm. And when, when, and, and I guess that, that's why I don't have the, the sentiment that, uh, if there is an opportunity, uh, if, 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 uh, if I don't fight the other guy, uh, you know, uh, he's mm. going to take it. So it's more of a, uh, it's more of an inclusion and sharing. It's, yes. it's okay to share. Also, I think it comes, comes to the point that, uh, I'm more or less second generation entrepreneur. Yes. So. Uh, so I've, I've all of the, all of, not all of the times, but let's say in 90% of the times I've had a partner mm -hmm. and when you have a partner, you're much more inclined to, to discuss, to share, to, you know, you're much more open to, to, to the discussion rather than if you're a solo entrepreneur mm -hmm. and you've had to fight your way, uh, and, uh, make way on the table, you know, to, for you to eat something. Uh, so I guess that's, a, and I'm sure almost all of the people, uh, that are, that are engaging, uh, in their new endeavors, uh, with a partner and with the support of the ecosystem are going to be feeling the same way towards, uh, towards giving back, uh, to, to the community. We're now chasing the first Bulgarian unicorn, right? And, um. Why is this uh, event of importance for the Bulgarian ecosystem? Why would that matter? Especially now that, you know, the list of unicorns worldwide is, I think, over 800 mm -hmm. or even 900. Yeah. So I'm not sure it's that important for the local ecosystem. I think, uh, mm, I think the, the ecosystem is evolving just fine up until today, even without having... Uh, uh, up until last week, uh, unicorn. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, I, I would have some additional so, offline so, <laughs> questions. So, so uh, this didn't stop us from uh, creating great companies. This didn't stop us from uh, expanding globally. Uh, I think it's uh, the the bigger importance is uh, from an external point of view to our uh, looking at our ecosystem from Europe or the US. Mm -hmm. So. I think the number of unicorns you have per, per market is sort of a validation uh, in the eyes of the international investors that this community knows what they're doing. The ecosystem is evolving. It's, it's, it's mature enough. It's not, uh, uh, there is enough talent. There are enough people who have scaled a company from zero to a billion mm -hmm. uh, or to a billion to, to, to 10 billion. So, this is one of the, let's say, questions we see and we get uh, in terms of, yeah, we like everything, but do you have enough talent over there? Mm 
do, 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 you ne- do you have enough people that have built an international sales machine or mm. or a global uh, or a global uh, business? So I think it helps from that perspective a lot. Yes. It helps from that perspective a lot because it's like it's a little bit uh, when it comes to unicorns, it's a little bit like the grand slams in the in tennis. Mm-hmm. So you can you can have won Sofia Open for twenty times or uh, like a Queens or or even a Masters or Cincinnati, but at the end of the day, the only metric that exists in the world of tennis is Grand Slam titles. Mm-hmm. That's the only one, and it's the only one persistent over time. Mm-hmm. Because Nito Finals, they, they now they're called Nito before they were, they had another name, a name. Now they're in Torino, before they were in London, before they were in Shanghai. But it's the Grand Slam events mm-hmm. that are all the same, that they've been for like more than 100 years. Wimbledon is like 120 years. And this is the, this is the, this is the measure by, by which you're measured. Mm-hmm. You can be mm-hmm. a great tennis player, but if you don't have one Grand Slam, it's, uh, you're not a great tennis player. So... Uh, okay. So it's a little bit uh, in the unicorn, uh, you know, race. It's a little bit uh, like that. Mm-hmm. You can be a great ecosystem, you know. You could you could have wonderful companies, but show me the the the, the number of unicorns you have per mm-hmm. per market, and yeah. then uh, then per capita, and then uh, and then everything else. So, so it will also help us, you know, sell the region to in, uh, international stakeholders. Totally. Much better. Okay. Totally. And I and I and I, I, I double what you say that it's it's uh, from one hand um very important for Bulgaria to have it's like five, six unicorns, mm-hmm. but also it's also as important for Romania and Greece mm-hmm. and Turkey and Serbia to have each like their five, six, ten uh unicorns. It's mm-hmm. super important as a region. Yes, I definitely see that, you know, this integration must actually happen on many, many levels. And it's bringing us all new opportunities and value. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Yes. The, when, when we were at uh, Super Venture with uh, Valeri from Eleven, and they were they were comparing the ecosystem, the Euro- European VC ecosystem, like maybe then 2005 or 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the way they were comparing is the the, the, the unicorns. Okay. And uh, and back then you could see like only a couple of flags mm-hmm. or like ten flags. Uh, now it's all over the place, and one of the places is uh, is Romania, and they emphasize that. Mm-hmm. So they emphasize that uh, UiPath came out of uh, UiPath came out there of is Romania. There's something bubbling there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's like. Yes. They're like Romania. <laughs> Such a surprise. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> okay. to stress a little bit more that innovation is coming from everywhere. Yes. And that you can, you know, you don't want to have missed on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, by default you're very optimistic about the future. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen that in other conversations and you're always so excited, like what is coming yeah. next. But in, in this regard... I have this final question and we ask it to all the, mm. to all our guests and it would be, what do you want to be remembered for after all? I mean, you have so many uh, passions and mm. they change over time and then you become hungry for something new. But mm. if you have to draw the line? It's a very good question. Uh, the, the last book I read, uh, The Diamond Cutter, they say that uh, in, uh, in Buddhist teachings, uh, that uh, is as important as uh, as birth. Mm. So end is as important as uh, beginning. 
and uh, it's actually one third of the journey. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, and, it, and it's always nice to look backward as if this is today and ask yourself, uh, ask yourself the same question. And uh, I guess uh, uh, the way I'm answering it today is uh, to have uh, built a great family, mm-hmm. uh, to to have uh, you know taught uh, my uh, my 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 views on the world uh, mm-hmm. as much as possible to the to the next generation in my in my immediate uh, circle, my family and my my related ones. Uh, and and to have extended that to uh, a, a larger family, which is of uh, like-minded people, with whom you're uh, somehow involved in uh, doing business or or helping solve their business issues and mm. uh, and stuff like that. So I guess this is the this is the these are the the, the three main uh, so family, uh, relatives, and uh, extended family. Mm. Which is uh, not only like uh, partners, but like a little you bit. Feel close to yeah, you. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah, mm, I'm very sorry that this conversation must be over now. Yeah. Um, we will have to do it again because I have the feeling that with you I can speak about so many yeah. topics and I catch you. You're always running, always doing so many things. Um, I would like, you know, at some point to have like a whole evening like talking to you about stuff. <laughs> like Stand-up comedy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so it's uh, been the first time. I really hope that you will be our guest uh, sometime soon again. Sure. There will be a lot also to discuss, especially now that we're democratizing the access to the innovation ecosystem. Totally. Um, um, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> The Recursive Podcast will be back with a fresh new season on the 22nd of March. Until then, we invite you to check 30 inspiring conversations with tech leaders from Southeast Europe on our YouTube channel or your preferred streaming platform. And if you are just as passionate about innovation as we are, hit subscribe for the Recursive Podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We're everywhere.